0: to the minnesota sports collaboration podcast show where we highlight all of our minnesota content creators, shows and friends here on the program poppy how's it going
1: it's going great man i excited to come together with all of our friends you've heard them on our show or if you're listening on their show maybe you've heard us jump in with them but uh every week we're gonna have little teasers and snippets from everybody's shows in one spot on all of our feeds so you can get a little taste. And hey, if you haven't listened to one, go check them out. Throw everyone a quick little subscribe and let's make everyone happy. Now, Isha, what's the first one we have here for this week? We're going to throw to
0: Locked on Wild. Our boy Seth Topol drops daily Minnesota Wild content with a wide range of guests. Here's a quick clip of some of his recent content.
2: And uh, we'll finish by talking about a recent article Uh, by uh, Mr. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Now, he has been doing prospect rankings from 32nd to the NHL all the way up to the top and uh, has been doing those rankings uh, each and every day on The Athletic. And so a lot of fans of the Minnesota Wild have been waiting to see when the Wild would join that list. And the Minnesota Wild ranked as the third best Farm system in the entirety of the NHL. And those of us in the wild media landscape, the wild prospect landscape, the wild podcast landscape, have been saying this since the season started. In fact, Gabe Foley of Recruit Scouting came on the show about a month ago, right before, actually, it was right before 2021 ended. And we looked at the Wild's prospects and said, "This is a very deep and dangerous farm system that uh, should start getting some national recognition." Well, lo and behold, here we go. It's it's pretty easy to see why Wheeler would rank the uh, the Wild as a top three. I mean, they were ranked number eight in his rankings last year uh, for 2021. You've got the likes of uh, Matt Boldy, who is his top ranked prospect in the wild system, who is coincidentally tearing it up at the NHL level right now. So obviously uh, a prospect that is ready to uh, to make a huge statement and already has at the NHL level. So Wheeler just loves what Boldy brings to the mix and he's showing it off at the NHL level. Uh, you've also got Marco Rossi, the second-ranked prospect, according to Wheeler, in the Wilds' farm system. A point-per-game player in Iowa and is going to get a chance to showcase his talents fully at either the end of this season or, for sure, next year. Third-best prospect, according to Wheeler, is Jesper Walstead. We've talked about him quite a bit here on this show, um, is just continuing to tear it up in... Um, in any league he plays in, uh, working his way through the Wilds' farm system, he'll make uh, a mark on this team before all is said and done, and before too long. Uh, we'll probably end up in Iowa next season, but um, you know, has the legit goalie makeup to be a true ace goalie uh, in this system. And just to round out the top five, Carson Lambos, a uh, defenseman that the Wilds took last year, Um, who uh, continues to light it up with the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, And top five, of course, is Kalen Addison, who has split time between the Iowa and Minnesota Wild, and looks to factor in substantially with uh, next year's team. Um, And maybe even, depending on how things go with injuries and such, maybe even playing a big role down the stretch for Minnesota as well. So it's not hard to see with a top five of those prospects why the Wild uh, are in the top five? Because uh, you you look at where the Wild drafted each of these players, and according to Wheeler, um, he he says when the Wild drafted Matt Boldy at twelve, he ranked seventh on my board. When they drafted Marco Rossi at number nine, he was third on my board. When they drafted Jack McBain at number sixty-three, he was twenty-second on my board. When they drafted Marshall Warren at number 166, he was 71st on my board. When they drafted Pavel Novak at 146, he ranked 76th on Wheeler's board. Even Beckman, who they drafted at number 75, ranked nearby at 83rd on Wheeler's board. And the same goes for Murat Hustendinoff, who slotted 48th on his list when the Wild picked him at number 37. Um, Wheeler also goes on to say those players gave the Wild an upper echelon group before the 2021 draft. They, then they drafted two players who ranked in his top 15 without a single top 15 pick. Uh, Wallstead was 12th on his board. The Wild took him 20th. Lambos was 15th, and the Wild took him 26th overall. And a third player, Jack Pert, who ranked higher on my list than where they got him, 37th on his board. And the Wild took him 45th. This is another of my high praise areas for Bill Guerin. Bringing in Judd Brackett and letting him oversee the uh, the draft in its entirety. Being willing to admit. Not a huge draft guy. And so Guerin said, we're going to bring in somebody that is. Let him do his thing. If there need to be any trades made, we'll facilitate. But uh, Bill Guerin, perfectly happy to uh, step aside uh, and uh, and allow Judd Brackett to handle the draft. And, I mean, what more can you say? It is more than worked out so far for the Minnesota Wild, and looks like it's going to continue to for the, uh, the next few years.
1: Again, if you like what you heard, you can follow all of Seth's great content by searching Locked on Wild wherever you get your podcasts or checking them out on social at Locked on Wild.
0: Uh, next, we have <laughs> yours truly, the Soda Pod. Uh, we'll tease our other contributors later, but Hoppy and I talk everything Minnesota Wild, beer, and hockey. Here's a teaser from our most recent episode.
3: Cheers! Cheers! Cheers I'm biased. Uh, Gonna open and, a new one over here. Oh, with, what is done it? Done with. Finish the quad. Transcendent. So. Aha! Uh-huh. That's that's another
1: one that I have in a crawler.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're working with uh just some different ipa recipes uh this is a no coast ipa it's got citra simcoe and strata hops in it we're going for like a dank strawberry patch strawberry lemonade with that little citrus finish but something with that simcoe and uh citra hop really brings out some of the lemony side of it and so that's that's what we were trying to brew we think we're pretty close to it we still play with the recipe a little bit here through these beginning batches and That's out there on shelves just in here in uh, late December, early January.
1: Nice. And, I mean, that's the fun part, right? You get to come in, take what's already a good beer, and start coming up with creative ideas and new things you can try from a brewing perspective. But, again, you're a couple months in now on the ownership of the brewery. Is that right, Jason?
3: Yeah, I got to admit. Okay, so with the brewery came a great brewer that I think is just under – Undermarketed. I don't know how else to say it. like and I'll be the first to admit I had not drank Wabashop beer prior to April of last year and so coming in here and like sitting down and tasting through the beers like I was blown away like not everything's great but like everything is really good and how do you take this like great really great beer and just get it out get it to places that's really what my job is is and and with brett it was a little like we brewed uh with sometimes you um when you're you know selling a brewery and i don't want to tell the story for brett but it's like you're not going to reach outside the box to do something that's risky when there's an acquisition occurring or like the brewery was on the market for a period of time and so that's where i like all credit to brett for all the beer here like that dude i i love working with that guy and they're like the the uh, this term's terrible star term synergy um you know we took synergistic and, collaboration and, oh, i mean we got loggers coming out he's got a sour coming out we've got a barrel aging program like we're just going and like nice. just pushing all in on things and that's where you know I, I would say like the one thing i've done is like take the shackles off like he'll throw some things at me sometimes like i, I think i told him at one point like i don't care how much you spend on hops just you know <laughs> it's he's like oh remember that one time you told me that jason I'm like yeah yeah that was a that was a different mood <laughs> so one of the things, like taking the shackles off we got oh that's uh, awesome the night queen uh barley wine cool and so this first rendition this is the first barley wine brewed at wabasha but that is also in some barrels we got an apple brandy barrel and some bourbon barrel we'll do blending um just starting small but getting that momentum going from a barrel aging program so that's gonna be a barrel-aged beer moving forward. But this first year we just had the the raw beer to do, and it's it's a really drinkable barley wine. That's what we're going for there. Because once you barrel it up, we didn't want it to be too hot. Um, we want we want to be brewing beers that are highly drinkable.
1: Okay. Hobby, and we'll have
0: to get the Bruising and Bruins guys to, I, to take it. I a knew taste. that was right where your brain
1: <laughs> was gonna go. Um, so obviously there's like the exciting stuff coming in and making some of these changes and like the positive. You've never run a brewery before. Yeah. What, what's just like slapped you in the face the first couple months where you're like, I did not know that this was at all part of the process.
3: Hmm. Um, two things, seasonality, especially in like the tap room, but also in liquor stores, (laughs) um, fuck dry January. That's a, that's a silly concept. Thank it's you. sober October. If you want to do it, it's sober October, not dry January. Okay, and, and definitely not. It has long. to. October's rhyme the start of hockey
1: than... season, Jason. We can't do that.
3: No, so, you get back
0: into shape. Training <laughs> camp. There you go. It has to rhyme, or fuck it.
3: <laughs> people that try, I just had. I think people that try dry January are probably setting themselves up to fail. Uh, so why, why, why started in the first place? I kid, I kid all due respect to anybody that does dry January, any of that stuff, like not really. And, and anybody that's sober, like <laughs> 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 touche, uh, you got me, damn it. <laughs> um, so where the hell was I?
1: Seasonality. And then there was a Seasonality second
3: kick my ass because coming into the business, like you, you make acquisition, there's all these one-off costs and you're like, <clears throat> you look at the bank account and you're like, geez, all right. Didn't expect that to happen um so you feel that and so that's one thing the other thing that like man this is like gonna come off as like a desperate plea for like sales and marketing people to be like we need to go help this guy um but honestly like learning to sell beer was really funny to me and so i'll just tell the story like week one i go out and i'm out there selling and I decide I'm gonna to go to restaurants and I'm just gonna like drop in at restaurants. But we've got this Japanese saison. So I'm like, I'm gonna to go to like these specific restaurants all across town, drive over there and like, do the whole thing like, it, what an utter failure. So the process for selling to bars and restaurants is very different than selling to uh, liquor stores, uh, is very different than selling a crawler in the tap room. is very different than selling uh, a tap beer in the tap room these are like four so when we sat down there's like four discernible like sales processes there that i just had to learn and fail a lot through and still fail a lot in and it's it's like the most great humbling experience because at the end of it like even when i fail i feel like i'm up there like playing baseball again where it's like ah, oh, i've added like 400 today that's pretty good <laughs> like I only got hung up on once. This isn't so bad. <laughs> or like the, the eternal, like they're in a meeting. Oh, this is the fifth time that they they're in a meeting. Like, all right. We won't call. It, it, it's just every day. There's something there, but you know, it's so much fun because at the end of it, you're, you're selling beer. Like you just have to remember that at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> so have you, have you had like a big breakthrough story yet? Like your first big sale that you've made when you're like, Oh shit, I can do this.
3: No. Um, <laughs>
1: So, so what's gonna be the what? What's the one that you're like looking at? And like, I know there's one that you've like gone a couple times. to keep blowing you off. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna get this fucker.
3: So, I don't think there's been a big sale, but last week I did tell somebody, I'm like, it's happening. Where this momentum and this build, and, and what hit me was I looked at our our outbound sales, and I didn't have as many like deliveries. Like every case counts for a brewery our size. Like we're we're very small. We're like 500 barrels last year. I hope we do 750 this year um, 2022 and so (laughs) there was there was stores that ordered six brands from us like never in the history of Wabasha have they had six beers in cans at the same time and we're able to service those accounts because we've got inventory to do that and that was a that was an operational thing that was like we need inventory to go and build and then we can go out and like grow accounts but if we're growing accounts and we sell to somebody and they sell through and we don't have anything like we're going to be that's mm-hmm. ultimate customer disappointment again is everything so yeah. that's something that like that was a breakthrough for me but i don't think we've hit like we've hit home runs i mean we, we launched a kolsch in the middle of december to the market this is not cold season and it seems, again man, it's a pitch. very contrary but there was purpose behind that because by the time the like cold season rolls around by the way it's Kolsch of the wild shout out wild we can get to sports here but like that was like okay we're launching this in the middle of winter so that when cold season does roll around i've already got this like baseline build of stores that are ordering it and then we've got more on top of it that are coming in when the season actually hits so it, it seems counterintuitive, but it made a lot of sense at the time. It was number one selling beer in the tap room, and it's a great kolsch.
1: If you didn't hate what you just listened to, you can find all of our content at The Soda Pod on social, that being Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or by searching The Soda Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Who's up next?
0: Minnesota Sports Chat. Those new to Ross or Minnesota sports chat, you get anything from a unique spin on Minnesota sports to the wrecks of a frozen pizza connoisseur.
4: What percentage would you put Kirk cousins return to Minnesota at? And I say that because now over the weekend, we have the Schefter report where basically Schefter says the Vikings and cousins, they'll work something out. He'll probably be there for a little while. And we've seen some other reports come in today Now, I also look at that and say, well, some of that can just be posturing. You never truly know. But Doogie, Doogie almost always knows. That's what I tell people. And if Doogie doesn't know, it's because somebody gave him information that was bad. (laughs) That's what I always tell people. What percentage would you put a Kirk Cousins return to the purple in 2022 at?
5: It's a great question. It's the number one, would you say, Ross, the number one Minnesota sports talker right now? Without a doubt. Now, certainly there's a lot of wild interest. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, so I get all that, but I think, at least for me, the number one question I've gotten in the last 24 to 48 hours, the future of Kirk Cousins. I can't tell you with 100% certainty either way. I'd love to tell you 100%, Ross, I know. I went on record on TV early last week on Channel 5 here in the Twin Cities saying, I expect a trade. Now, that's based on some estimation, based on how 2021 went, the sourness of some people that remain at TCO Performance Center when it comes to Cousins, some of it him, you know, not getting the vaccine, you know, and he wasn't the only one, but the so-called leader of the team, when you're the quarterback, you're the leader. Whether you want to accept those responsibilities or not, he didn't get the vaccine. All right, so some of that sourness is based on that. Now, do I know where Quesia Dofo Mensa stands, where Kevin O'Connell stands? I don't. I saw the Jeremy Fowler report today from ESPN saying Kevin O'Connell is a big Kirk Cousins fan. I get it. I had Joe Thisman, shameless plug for the Scoop podcast. I had Joe Thisman on my podcast last week. He knows some things. He knows some people. Washington football legend, he knows O'Connell pretty well. He knows Kirk Cousins pretty well. Joe Theismann swears to me it was both on mic and off mic. Kirk Cousins is going to be a Viking in 2022. But I said, Joe, are you sure? Like, it could be some posturing, like Rick Spielman said, you know, regarding Percy Harvin, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I'm not trading Percy. Then a few days later, Percy Harvin traded. Like, we see it all the time. Like, I don't think the Vikings would volunteer on background right now. Yeah, we're trading him. Right? They want to create the perception, whether it's reality or not, that we're keeping him. I think what's going to happen, Ross, is starting at the combine, March 1st, Quasey is going to at least solicit offers or at least listen. I don't know how aggressive he'll be in terms of shopping, Kirk, but I think he is going to strongly listen. I predicted he'll be traded, so like, should I waffle on that, Ross? Now, thaisman knows stuff, right? Who am I to predict anything when Joe Theisman is telling me he's going to be here? And now Adam Schefter over the weekend, you know, insinuating, hey, Kirk is going to be here. Jeremy Fowler, who's plugged in, although Jeremy was wrong on the on the Caldwell stuff. And, and Schefter's been wrong before, too. He's right an awful. Yeah, I mean, Adam, yeah, Adam's fantastic. Jeremy is fantastic. He used to work here in town, used to cover the Vikings for the Pioneer Press. So I've gotten to know Jeremy at least a little bit. 98% of the time, he is spot on. I don't have any reason to think he's wrong on his report today that Kirk and Kevin have this solid relationship that Kevin in the interview said, hey, sign me up for Kirk. He also alluded to the idea that all these coaches that interviewed said glowing things about Kirk, or many did. I can tell you this much, Ross. I know this with 100% certainty. Jim Harbaugh was in favor of Kirk Cousins. A lot of us thought this time last week, right? Let's circle back one week ago. If we had talked last Monday, don't you think most people thought Jim Harbaugh? He is going to be the next Vikings coach. Once the news broke, yeah. he'll be in town on Wednesday. I think ninety-nine point nine percent of people said, "Hey, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the Vikings coach." If Jim Harbaugh was the Vikings coach, I think Kirk would have would have remained. I will maybe just because I'm a stubborn sob. I did this with Kevin O'Connell; it worked out. But I've been wrong before too. But I will, I will continue to ride the trade bandwagon. Maybe that's not the right term. The trade. Possibility until I am strongly, strongly, strongly led to believe myself. Not from Fowler, not from Schefter, not even from Joe theisman who maybe should be in the NFL Hall of Fame. He's in the Collegiate Hall of Fame. He's an NFL legend, right, with his broadcasting background, everything. But until I hear it strongly myself, I'll continue to think that a trade is coming. But I do. I'm telling you, Russ, I feel I feel pretty confident that Quasi is going to at least listen. I don't think, based on these tweets and what Adam said on the Pro Bowl telecast over the weekend, based on this intel in the last 24 hours, that it is now a 100% certainty that Kirk is remaining a Viking.
1: You can find this beauty on social at Brendel Ross. That's B-R-E-N-D-E-L Ross and his podcast by searching Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: Who's up? Our friends at Sound the Foghorn. Brett, Justin, and Zeke represent Sound the Foghorn. From wild to whitecaps, killing the analytics and prospect
6: game. Here's a sneak peek at their latest episode. Hello, state of hockey. Brett Marshall here from the Sound the Foghorn podcast. If you haven't heard of us, we are an independently run Minnesota Wild podcast hosted by myself and my pals Zeke Boyat and Justin Baki. We cover everything Minnesota Wild, NHL, Wild Prospects, and new this year to our coverage as well is coverage of the Minnesota Whitecaps, um, provided specifically by our friend Sam Uren, who used to be the assistant general manager of the Whitecaps and now does digital and social media for the Minnesota Wild. On this week's show, as our friend Michael Russo would say, we had a meaty episode covering Scott Wheeler of the Athletics Prospect Rankings, some of our takeaways from that. We talked about whether or not we think Marco Rossi should be uh, on the roster and the implications of if he is or isn't on that, and debates we had on Twitter about that as well. Uh, We also talked about the All-Star Game, our takeaways from that. But our main topic this week was whether or not the Minnesota Wild should hand the reins of the starting goaltender from Cam Talbot over to Capo Cacanen. Here's a teaser, and I'm at that point now where I'm ready to say I think Capo and to me has emerged as the goaltender between him and Talbot that deserves to be number one going forward. Um, is the guy they should look to potentially rely on in the playoffs, and should you know, if, I still think him and Talbot should split. I mean, they're going to have to with you know the the 40 <laughs> games in 77 days they have upcoming, but to me it's you know it's a 60-40. 65 35 maybe at a minimum um split between those two with cack again the higher majority um and the reason i said i mean he's been better in every statistical category outside of games played and wins which are out of his control because he just doesn't hasn't mm-hmm. played as many games but i mean you look at justin as you mentioned earlier how well he played last night giving up just the one goal like that isn't hasn't been uncommon I and mean, we've we saw him steal the game with mm-hmm. islanders um a couple weeks ago his Goal save above expected I think has climbed all the way now I think it's like 5.35, for um, Evolving Hockey's model and I think, you know, prior to coming in before that nine game stretch he played I think it was in the negatives so like, that's just how good he's been as of late he's pulled that number out of the negatives into the positives, um, and I think he had something in the prospects too but a save percentage has popped into the is it the top ten. Now he's in the uh, seventh. Yeah, I was like, gonna bring that up here. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I just, I just think he's earned it. I mean, I don't know, other than you know, Knight's rights of you know the Talbot being the veteran and you know being the guy they brought in, I don't see the, an argument for why Talbot should be chosen over him as it stands right now. Obviously, that can change. He goes out and has yeah. three duds in a row. Sure. Okay. Fine. But I think as yeah. of right now, I think Capo should be the guy. Yeah,
4: I, I agree. I mean, he's. 10, 3, and 2, he's top 12 in goals against average, top 7 in save percentage. He's, Hell, i him in the Calder conversation. Yeah, he's, no yeah technically. he's still a rookie, <laughs> apparently. But yeah, like some yeah. of on the Young Guns, He's he leads rookie goalies in save percentage, top 10 in the league. I mean, top 7 in the league for save percentage. He has a 94 save percentage in his last five games and almost 94 in his last 10, I mean. Ride the hot hand. I mean, no disrespect to Talbot. I mean, yeah, he's the veteran, but Kacken has got the hot hand. He he just seems like he's taken that next level of development and kind of mm-hmm. run with it this season. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I, think I agree
7: with you guys the most part. I mean, I've kind of, you know, taken it – I don't know. I've kind of changed my tune. But for a while, I've been kind of like, you know, we saw him play a good 10 games last year, and then, you know, he collapsed on the stretch, obviously – You know, rookie goalie you know all goalies do that you know they're not always the aside from the top elites you know you're usually not going to hold that level of play obviously over the whole season but i mean i think it's you know i think it's pretty hard like brett mentioned to argue argue, and you guys with the numbers i mean i mean and if you look it's not like last year he did beat vegas a couple times but throughout his winning streak last year he was you know a bunch of those games were against you know san jose anaheim etc i mean this year he's beating those yeah he's beating those teams but he's also beating good teams I mean he was great against Washington when they were down like eight guys Boston he was as well you know yeah Boston Winnipeg you know and even against again New York against the Islanders he made 40 saves so I mean it's hard to argue against the numbers what he's done I think obviously like Brett said uh, the playoffs are still a ways away so we'll you know we'll see what happens between then and usually NHL teams seem to tend to to lean towards the veteran with more experience as you mentioned but i mean obviously if if capo still has at the end of the year like a, almost a 925 getting close to 930 save percentage and he's you know ends up with like you know he's like 25 and 10 or whatever it's you know it'll be even it'll be hard to argue against him and i mean it's just it, it's good obviously because when when talbot went down with his injury originally and was was out i remember a lot of us were kind of worried like oh what are they going to you know, what are they going to do? You right, mean, like we were talking goals. about, like, are do they have to go out and trade pitch? for a goalie? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. that was in the cards. No. Right. I don't know it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Like you said before, how quickly things change. And, uh, and I mean, I don't know. It's just like just mentioned, it's good to see his, uh, like you said, his development kind of take another step and, you know, maybe show that from maybe a three months ago, we all would have thought always ceilings, probably a backup goaltender. Maybe he actually does have a chance to be a number one and, you know, in a couple of years have a nice, really nice tandem when uh, Jesper Walsh that does make his way into the NHL eventually here. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's encouraging to have, you know, like Brett's mentioned with two goalies that you can at least, you know, trust to put in the net. No, they're not going to, at the very least, even though Talbot hasn't been great, he's not usually going to completely tank your chances of winning. And it's great to even have the guy, as you mentioned, who's, who you know, is the reason you've won games at this point.
6: Yeah, and I will say, you know, going into the All Star break with the shutout and then coming out, um, you know, I the the two games leading in the All Star break, Talbot played did play really well. He had the shutout in there. I mean, mm-hmm. another solid performance. Looked great at the All Star game. So I don't want to say this isn't me saying Talbot is playing bad. Yeah. I just think Kackinen is playing better. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have to have two good goalies. I did want to I did want to add that in there. Like this isn't like a Cam Talbot sucks thing mm-hmm. at all. Like it's just uh, I think Kacken just been yeah. better. If you like what you heard, feel free to head on over to Sound the Foghorn. Any podcast platform that you have, we should be there. Look for the Minnesota Wild Colors and the iconic Foghorn logo. If we're not on your favorite podcast platform, feel free to let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Sound the Foghorn, all one word. Thanks for listening and enjoy.
1: If you don't already, follow them on social at Sound the Foghorn and plug that into your favorite podcast platform as well.
0: Who do we got next? Judds, buds, mutant, spitter, sicko, Z. We don't care what you call them. To us, spokes Z just means elite prospect coverage. Here's a preview of the brilliant ramblings you can hear on Judds Buds.
8: Uh, Anson Carter, and this was the third, uh, whatever day that is. These at MN Wild fans, parentheses, and reporters laughing emoji. Talking about their depth after beating an awful at NHL Blackhawks team. Hilarious that he tagged them after calling them fucking awful. Uh, where were y'all after the winter classic beatdown missing Ek, Dean and Spurgeon? Shh, emoji. Cricket emoji.
4: <laughs> Hilarious.
8: How is that depth treating you? Injuries happen. Can they overcome them? We'll see. People took that and got so fucking upset. It's a take quake. It's a terrible take. It's a dog shit take. It's the dumbest thing anyone said about the wild this year, possibly. But why are people so mad? First of all, Anson Carter's is a fucking beauty. So I think I like the guy. Uh, this is people who don't watch your team every fucking day in every game. They don't know shit. OK, so I'm pretty sure it was like a flippant comment on TV it was like, yeah, we'll see if their depth can. Because I don't think people are used to saying that the Minnesota Wild could possibly be in Stanley Cup contention. But, hey, this is what it's like to be a popular team now. Your team is now popular. I don't mean to be a dick, but like for the Wild, that's a pretty new thing to have the national spotlight and be like a legit possible contender. This is what it's like. People that don't watch your team all the time and have to say something about them. They have. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and people are acting like he lashed out first. No, he made the comment on on TV, and these fans are tweeting. It. I'm like you motherfucker, like just going bananas. So, obviously he's gonna clap back. Now, it was a it was a very dumb response, but like like shut the fuck up it's who cares Like people are gonna say shit about your hockey team that don't know about your hockey team because they don't watch every game they don't know all the players they don't know now again this is a very dumb thing that he said because they won like nine games in a row after that right so whatever but this is what it's like people are gonna say shit about the team that is wrong because they don't watch as many games as you do now russo he got like specifically targeted here in report in reporters. Like that's it, laughing emoji, sorry. Uh so Russo claps back. I have great re- this is like 14 hours later. I have great respect for you, but since this is a shot at me, and then he tagged the wild too. At MN Wild, went 9-0-1 since that Winter Classic. Some nights without eight and nine guys, including the same three you mentioned. You watch them once a month. I trust the fans and reporter you're laughing at who watch them regularly. Fucking right through, so get his fucking ass. Now, Russo has the right to clap back like that because he literally, even though Carter said it wasn't about him, I mean, that's a shot at him. Come on. So then the next day, (laughs) it's like a three-day fucking oh good so funny uh anson carter laughing emoji laughing emoji laughing emoji laughing emoji i don't even follow you rude uh so i don't even follow you so you know what people say when you assume (laughs) btw i speak to teams parentheses owners gms coaches trainers scouts all caps every week in addition to watching games so you can play hero to your at and wild fan base all you want it's all good hashtag carry on <laughs> again such a fucking dumb tweet and he's getting ratioed into oblivion by the way um whatever i think it's funny i could give a shit about him saying whatever about fans because i'm from boston so people just hate me naturally anyways uh this is hilarious and um i personally enjoy it i tweeted at the time i hope they go back and forth like every day taking shots at each other but only one per day like i hope it's fucking like april and all of a sudden you just go to twitter and you see russo tweet back at carter and be like yeah you know what you were fucking dog shit the show like that oh my god it would be so funny i really want them to go back and forth one tweet a day for like a year that would be so goddamn funny Like, what if the Wild won the Stanley Cup and Carter's just going off still, just shitting on the team like an idiot? Oh, God. Anyways, this is what it's like to have a team that's good, that's relevant, that people watch and talk about. And then there are people that don't watch them. They're going to say dumb shit. It's not a big deal. Get over it. It's actually nice to be a hidden gem and people not talk about your team um, and not really know anything. Like, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. So stop yelling at anson carter stop being insulted like if you think as a fan like this it's so upsetting to me like get the fuck over it like who cares you're gonna make him look like an idiot when the wilds go on a run so it's all good um i i just think it's hilarious and i really enjoy it and i hope it just goes on forever so that's my take on anson carter and that moronic tweet he put out there and that's the headlines um So let's pay the bills real quick before we go to Iowa. Let's talk about DraftKings, huh? The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Super Bowl, 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, don't worry about it. Just play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million in top prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full full list of requirements in state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Yes. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee... Call or text Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369. What an ad read. Just nailed it. 10 out of 10 out of the park by me. Credit to me. Uh Gambling. In reading gambling related ads, dudes fucking rock. If you want more,
1: you can find him every Tuesday and sometimes uh, we we don't really know with him. He's kind of a wild card, maybe even Thursdays on the SodaPod feed. So, same podcast feed as before. But if you want to follow him specifically and for some reason you haven't already, you can check him out on Twitter at SpokedZ. Who do we got?
0: MNCAA, hosted by Nick Maxson. You get your weekly dose of Minnesota's college puck. Here's a look at what you can expect for all six Division I programs.
4: Gophers win big on Friday. Uh, Then, for some odd reason, they decided, hey, we won game Friday. We don't got to try Saturday. We got these guys 5-1. Notre Dame goes up 2-0. Minnesota crawls to an overtime loss. Uh, This is really the... Well, the epitaph that's been written on the season was displayed this last weekend. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
9: and you know what? Uh, it's, I was just I was kind of weighing the scales there because it's like it's, it's inconsistency on a given weekend, but then hey, it's the consistency of the whole season. This is the way it's gone all year <laughs> long, and they can't they can't uh, they, they can't find a way to get out of it. And it's just and I keep saying we'll, we'll see it when we believe it, or we'll believe it when we see it. We'll believe it when we see it we're still waiting we're still waiting just, it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense and uh it, when you can come out and beat a team that uh, obviously Notre Dame isn't as much of a slouch as uh everyone not as everyone thought but uh, as, as as they could have been this year and um to get run over by some of the bigger bigger guns but they're taking advantage of these teams that uh like Minnesota they're able to they're able to kind of get not humiliated but kind of just beaten out and just saying all right we're gonna we're gonna come back the next night and, and do something to them and you know what it's it's the Gophers have fallen victim to it too many times and you just can't the consistent weekend so far I, I wish I could I wish I could pinpoint what that is and why that is and I don't know if it's jumping the gun for you a little bit but it's it, it's 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 coming if if something happens now it might be too little too late I don't know but yeah the impressive performance on Friday and then uh, yeah a go, goal in the second and third periods to only to beat, uh, get beaten in overtime, just uh, not even a minute in. So what can you do? I don't know. It's a, it's it's hard to make anything of this team this year in terms of consistency, besides just saying, all right, we know how to win a game lose a game on a weekend.
4: You know, it's, it is a head scratcher, right? Because you look at the roster and now it's changed because you have a few folks that are uh, uh, with team USA over there in Beijing competing with the Olympics. So now you know, the contributors or the maybe the more consistent pieces are off competing on the international stage. So this is sort of that make-or-break moment for the Gophers that we, we kind of touched on this last week. But, you know, you wanted guys to step up. We talked about some of the veterans, your Blake McLaughlins and some other names on the team. But I almost want to say that now, mm-hmm. whoever slots in for these players, this is their time to shine, and, you know, it's needed. Now is the time where this team has to come together uh, if they're going to make any noise in the Big Ten slash the NCAA playoffs. Now is the time to do it.
9: Yeah, and they might be they might be learning who their some of their top line guys and some of their leaders are for next year uh, down the stretch. Here. The guys who are able to try and pin, uh, give them get get them some success, and obviously uh, with Ben Myers and Matthew I's gone, uh, I think I think that's a big. That's a big hit, and obviously Knives uh, could not be long. Who knows if he has a good Olympics and a good end of the season for the Gophers. He, uh, uh, he could not also be long for this world. I think he comes back for another year. He'll definitely be a top-line guy. Um, but Ben Myers, I I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he tries to sign an NHL contract. If I were him, I think there's interest. I bet there's interest there um, in a hard-nosed, just kind of a, uh, just a, a, a big, just thick guy. If you get what I mean, you know, he's just, he's just a big dude and he's a force and and teams could use that and center. And that's not even just an NHL team. I think there'll be a lot of teams coming after him to be uh, one of those minor league, one of those guys that can just spend a couple of years, two, three years in the minors and maybe get that skill level up, but he's got the body. He's got the body for the NHL, Um, but it's just a matter of kind of keeping that skill and getting, getting, being able to work, work past his uh his not that he's short but for nhl they're, they're always looking for taller guys And it's always those, those shorter gophers forwards that always have trouble making that making the nhl past the past being regulars in the ahl so um i think that would be a perfect role for him teams will be clamoring for that kind of thing to perform one of those guys that can be a leader and to be a leader quickly um and to maybe play some minutes there for him but um, you know, back to the, just the main point too, it's like the Chaz Lucius, this is, I feel like this is going to be his time to really shine. Um, this is going to be his team sooner or later, uh, uh, just from a skill standpoint, because it's obviously, uh, kind of him and Matthew and I is kind of leading the way up front as the younger guys right now, but he's going to need to lead the way for those, uh, for some of those, those other guys, the Pitlicks and the Huglins of the world to, to really get up to speed and to, to be ready to, to take the mantle of the, of the, of the Gophers next year uh If if they haven't if they have another weekend here of a, of 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 split, that's that's really the I, th- I think the best that we can look forward to because if, if if the Gophers can I mean obviously one season being dominant in the, in the regular season like last year and then being out in the first round it doesn't dictate that okay if they have a weaker season this season they'll they won't win a game but odds are if they make the tournament to the plane like this they're not going to make it too far so it's just it's almost kind of a hey let's just let's get these guys. Let's play the way we can, and if there's if there's not a, a lot to be had uh, in terms of the tournament this season, gotta gotta build for for the next season. Just like Judd's buds, you can find all
1: MNCAA episodes on the Soda Pod feed, with episodes dropping every Friday. Go follow the dedicated college hockey feed on Twitter at mn underscore ncaa. MNCAA was taken by some douchebag with zero followers that won't reply to Isha with our. Very lucrative USD cash offer. Um, now, Isha, who's the last show that we want to promote here this week? Brave the Wild. Joey has been in the Minnesota
0: Wild podcast game since 2008. Here's a clip from the Chiseled veteran.
10: Caprizov and Zuccarello continue to be unbelievable. He had Anson Carter last night on TNT, the Chicago game, where the Wild went 5 to nothing on national television, talking about how those guys don't really need a number one setter. Caprice and Zuccarillo because, well, they would have the puck less and they, would be, they wouldn't they would make as many plays. Because uh, look at their playmaking skills. It's just unbelievable the way they set up for themselves, uh, or I mean, for each other, pardon me, and for Ryan Hartman. That line just needs to be intact as long as possible. It's been fantastic. Ryan Hartman still on pace for incredible goal totals. Uh, thanks to that the ESPN stats where you could get the uh, projected uh, numbers right out in front of you. Ryan Hartman, yeah, speaking of Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov, Kirill Kaprizov finally passes Ryan Hartman in total goals on the season, which is kind of funny. He's now at 19, so it, it took a while, but it happened. It happened a little bit before Valentine's Day, Feb the 2nd. Ryan Hartman is on pace for 36 goals on the season, 66 total points, and yes, Kirill the thrill is for real. <laughs> 53 points in 40 games. We never, we have never had anything like that. Never. Even 42 and 35ers a Carillo. My goodness, hello career high. <laughs> Projected totals for Caril the Thrill. 106 points. He's a he would be a plus 38 if things keep going as they are. 38 goals. 38 goals. I just said it. Yeah. I absolutely beautiful. Makes you feel like pure gold. I mean, it is just wonderful. You just hope and pray that this continues. And man, we just gotta step out in faith and believe that this will continue. This is all for real. And uh, just thank God for it in a big way. Uh, you saw Jordan Greenway ink a three-year contract this week with the Minnesota Wild. Three years, $3 years 3000000 per, of course $9 million for the total. What does this mean for Fiala and or Duhaime, as that'll be a continued uh, conversation during the course of this show. That's kind of the question of the week, so to speak. The question of the week, the comparison of the week. That's what it is this week, the, the Greenway. What does it mean for the future? As it's uh, it's making it a little more... Cloudy for some of those guys. The way Fiala's is playing, I don't want him going anywhere. Anywhere. Um, <laughs> that grease line, that's a big reason like a big reason why the deal happened. Uh, obviously the Grease line is so good. They've been playing so well together, and Greenway's a, a part of it, obviously, with his size and his abilities, playmaking ability. As he we've heard multiple times on multiple shows and from uh, Bill Guerin himself that uh, Jordan Greenway did lead the wild in assists last year. And yes, I remember that very well. Um, so he does have playmaking ability. Just doesn't score a whole lot. Doesn't fight a whole lot. He will sometimes, but not all the time. Just here and there. He's not like, Felino guys like that. Um, but, but that grease line—they still haven't given up a regular season goal a while together. And you know, and during out the entire uh, during the entire season for about 180 minutes approximately. Uh, that's about where the number is now after the last couple games here. Moneypuck.com was the original website that talked about that, where people have showed that. And it's just unreal. They have not given up a regular season goal uh, together. Well, together. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's a good line. That's a really, really good line. And you don't really want to split that up. There's two lines on the Minnesota Wild you want, you just don't want to split up whatsoever. And then there's a, another line, which is arguably the second line. There's two players on it. Two out of three that you don't want to split up. Uh, Goudreau is what he is. He's okay. He's just, he's okay. I uh, wouldn't mind seeing him drop down to the fourth line and then replaced by a Damien, uh, did I just call him Damien Giroux? Claude Giroux. Damien Giroux. He can't even score in the AHL right now but yeah, with a Claude Giroux or somebody like that. That would be insane if that took place. The truth of the matter is somebody somewhere at some point will get traded. Obviously, there's going to probably be some type of move before the trade deadline coming up. And, of course, in the summer, people are going to be traded or, of course, uh, lost via free agency or let go via free agency.
1: Get your questions in every week by following at Brave the Wild and listen by searching Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild podcast.
0: All right. Thanks to everybody tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, wherever you get your podcast from, the best thing you can do for us or any of the content that you heard in this podcast episode, uh, you can go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, give us and give them five stars and a kind review. It goes such a long way. You're already supporting us by listening to this episode, so you might as well go and review us as well. If you're and for more hockey content, go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episode before you listen as it just helps all of our business. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. And, of course, you can find The Soda Pod on all platforms at The Soda Pod. Signing off, I'm Isha Drill, me alongside The State of Hoppy. This has been The Soda Pod, presented by The Hockey Podcast Network. We good, buddy? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer
3: and stay wild.